Welcome to New in Nashville. This is your host, Elam Freeman. I'm a commercial real estate broker and yoga instructor based in Nashville, Tennessee, and I am a Nashville native who has spent time living in Los Angeles and Washington, D.C. I have also traveled to all 50 states and visited nearly every U.S. metropolitan city bigger than Nashville. I am crazy about Nashville's growth and want natives, newcomers, and tourists to have the knowledge they need to keep up with our city's pace. In this week's episode, we will cover Nashville's Melrose neighborhood, which extends from Barry Road to Wedgwood. I interviewed business owners, others who work for a company in the neighborhood, and those who live in the Melrose neighborhood. In other words, the voices represented are people who interact with and contribute to the neighborhood on a daily basis. Interviewees include Colby Sledge, who is a District 17 Metro Council member. Melrose, along with Berry Hill, Wedgwood Houston, Twelfth South, and Edge Hill Village is located in Colby's district. Derek Wolf, co-owner with Bob Bernstein of Fenwick's 300 and director of operations for Bongo Java, also participated. The third interviewee was Chip DeVere, who owns Craft Brood. Chip is an active participant in neighborhood politics and is connected to the beverage industry on a national level. Of note, Craft Brood will be hosting several special events starting this Sunday for the Craft Brewers Conference that is being hosted in Nashville this year. The Craft Brewers Conference events website will be listed in the show notes. I also recommend signing up for Craft Brood's newsletter as they are always sampling innovative beers and specialty wines. The next two interviewees are real estate agents who work for Bradford Real Estate, whose office opened up on Bradford Avenue right off of 8th Avenue last year. Their names are Kyle Feltz and Reed Searcy, and both grew up in Nashville. The next interviewee was Gage Arnold, who works for Nashville Institute for Faith and Work, a nonprofit who offices out of the same mixed-use building where ML Rose is located. Last but not least, I interviewed three residents that live in the neighborhood. Two of them, Sarah and Connor, live in the Octave Apartments, while the other, Paul, lives in a house that backs up to Zanies. Of note, all three of these interviewees are millennials, which seems to be the demographic I'm seeing most in this neighborhood. In the latest demographic report I read, the median age within one mile of the Melrose CVS was age 36, and the median age within a three-mile radius was 31. The average household is also made up of two people earning in the low 80,000s on average. I asked each interviewee five questions. The first thing I wanted to know is where people saw the neighborhood beginning and ending and what terminology they used to describe the neighborhood. Part of the Melrose District is part of the Berry Hill city limits. Some people refer to the neighborhood as 8th South, while others call it Melrose, and some even refer to it as Berry Hill. Until March of 2017, the road that passes through Melrose was named Franklin Pike. The city of Berry Hill voted to change the name from Franklin Pike to 8th Avenue South. Colby Sledge said that he calls the district Melrose because of M. L. Rose Bar and the Melrose Billiards. 
Derek said that for years he referred to the part of town as the place where Melrose Bowling used to be until they tore it down for no reason. More and more he refers to it as Melrose or near Fenwick's. Chip said that he refers to the area of town as Berry Hill on 8th Avenue South, noting that he pays taxes to Berry Hill, that Berry Hill police patrol the street, and that he is under the jurisdiction of the Berry Hill Beer Board. Kyle said he is a native and has always referred to it as Melrose, but he believes that it will always be Melrose slash 8th South. Reed said that typically when people ask about their real estate office, he tells them it is in 8th South. The reason he says this is because most people recognize that as the area where Franklin Road turns into 8th Avenue, and it's just east of 12th South. When asked about the name, Gage said, As an organization, National Institute for Faith and Work often refers to the neighborhood as Berry Hill. However, there are many times he has caught himself identifying under the Melrose 12th South or 8th South monikers. He says he is not sure why they have settled in with Berry Hill, but it seems to encapsulate the greater surrounding neighborhoods aside from strictly 8th Avenue. Connor and Sarah both went to school in the Southeast and moved to Nashville after college for jobs. They independently told me they referred to the neighborhood as 8th South because it is most descriptive in helping people understand the location and respect to the more established 12th South. Connor also noted that people not from Nashville aren't always familiar with Berry Hill. When it comes to names, Paul referenced Historic Waverly, Woodland, and Ackland Westgrove as distinctive residential neighborhoods surrounding 8th Avenue. Paul believes that Melrose is a distinct area of development where 8th South and Berry Hill meet and feels to be its own small center with updated buildings, shopping, restaurants, and even music businesses. Many of these developments have the same ownership, giving them a certain aesthetic. But if you go closer to downtown, outside the Berry Hill limits, you are in 8th South, which he says is home to Zany's, The Basement, and Flip. The next question I asked was geared towards uncovering why people chose to live in or open their businesses in Melrose. As noted, the portion of the neighborhood extending from Bradford Avenue to I-440 Overpass is located in the city of Berry Hill. The city of Berry Hill has its own police force. The city only consists of one square mile, and at any time, there are two to three officers patrolling the area. While this fact was not discussed by any of my interviewees, it is certainly a selling point for the neighborhood, particularly for people who are looking to invest in property there. I find it particularly interesting to hear Derek's answers, as Bongo is one of the only Nashville-based businesses who already had established outlets in other parts of town when they decided to open up a location on 8th. Derek told me that when Bob Bernstein first offered him a partnership in the venture that would become Fenwick's 300, he was a little worried the neighborhood was a drive-through territory. At the time they opened, Craft Brood and ML Rose were really the only non-drive-by destinations. However, Bob, who is a true visionary, saw the potential. Also, check out Sean Ketchum's stories interview with him to really get a sense of his passion and vision in all of the projects that he participates in. Derek also mentioned that they had a relationship with the other folks involved with the mixed-use building they're a part of, 
which itself is called the Melrose. Of note, the building that houses Fenwick's also houses The Sutler, a restaurant from Restaurateur, Austin Ray, and Cinema, a restaurant from the Reed Brothers, who are the sons of Ryman Hospitality Group's CEO. The Reed Brothers also own 8th and Roast Coffee and previously ran a restaurant on 8th where Hattie B's is now located called The Hook. When Chip was asked why he chose to open his business on this street, he said that there wasn't anything else on this street and it was ripe for revitalization at the time. He lives in 12th South and wanted to open his own business close to home. Ultimately, he wanted to open a business in a neighborhood he would frequent. Kyle mentioned choosing the neighborhood because of its proximity to his home in Oak Hill. Reed also brought up that as real estate agents, they project the neighborhood will continue to develop and grow in value. When asked about why Nashville Institute for Faith and Work chose to office in Melrose, Gage said, As an organization that aims to help the people of Nashville reckon with the overlap and integration of their faith and their day-to-day work, it was of utmost importance for them to be in the city itself. Berry Hill represents the beautiful tension much of Nashville faces and integration of the transplant with the local. He says they have loved getting to overlap, integrate, and partner with a few local restaurants and neighborhood organizations in their attempts to forge deep, beneficial friendships with those to their left and their right. Sarah and Connor both work in Brentwood, but as with most people their age, they desire to live closer to the city for their social lives and entertainment purposes. Paul says he moved to the neighborhood in 2015 to be close to 12th South and the interstate as he also commutes to Williamson County for work. He has found this neighborhood to be convenient, noting Franklin, Inglewood, and Bellevue as several places that are within 15 minutes. He also enjoys the ability to walk to a Kroger and Dollar General. Next, I asked about community in the neighborhood. I wanted to know whether people who spend every day on 8th feel like they know their neighbors and belong. Derek believes that more and more, it does feel like a neighborhood. The first year or two that Fenwick's was open, he says it felt like they were an island in between 8th Avenue and I-65. Now, however, the Melrose Apartment mixed-use building feels less isolated. He notes that he sees more families crossing on foot and that they have a ton of regulars. When commenting on the community, Chip said that it is established from bars, coffee shops, and restaurants. He expressed that the absence of trendy, tourist-driven businesses like the ones on 12th South and 21st Avenue keeps the neighborhood feeling more local. Gage mentioned that NIFW certainly feels a sense of camaraderie in the neighborhood. Oftentimes, for lunches and coffees, they try to bring their guests and visitors into the area of the city to taste the goodness taking root in every quadrant. Paul says that the special thing about the area is that it's still a bit of a secret, and people who do frequent the area are coming from all walks of life. The new apartments coming in all over the place could help that or change it. As far as a sense of community, he thinks there is one, but it's still very diverse and many outsiders are coming through. 
He feels more of the neighborhood vibe in East Nashville bars than he does in Melrose, but he is a regular to many of the local businesses and says he sometimes recognizes people but doesn't know them by name. Furthermore, I wanted to know what services or infrastructure 8th is lacking and what changes people expect to see over the next two years in the neighborhood. For an urban area, 8th Avenue has poor pedestrian access. Much of the corridor is absent of sidewalks and there are no mid-block crosswalks with signalized intersections. The city of Berry Hill has applied for a grant that would allow them to have continuous sidewalks from Kirkwood to Bradford on the east side of the street. Barry Hill is supposed to find out whether they will receive this grant during the summer of 2018. Of note, it was recently announced that a new Publix will be built at the corner of 8th Avenue and Bradford. Colby expressed the need for more sidewalks and more pedestrian crossings. Derek feels the neighborhood needs more retail that creates the chance for people to linger and hang out versus one-stop destination businesses. He also mentioned wanting to see B-Cycle bike stations. While I am a supporter of B-Cycles, I don't use them often because I live here and have my own bike. His comment caused me to look at the map at the different neighborhoods that have the stations, and I realized how almost every other neighborhood that is as developed as Melrose has bike stations. With dockless bikes and scooters coming to town, bike dock stations may be a thing of the past. But if the dockless bikes end up not working out because of regulation, I hope we will see a few B-cycle stations up and down 8th Avenue. When asked about infrastructure, Chip mentioned that the street is set to be resurfaced this year and that he hopes this will lead to more sidewalks and crosswalks. Reed provided some good insight on developments in the area and suggested that 8th Avenue is particularly limited by traffic and should be planning for the future. He also mentions that he has a good friend named Brandon Foltz, and he just opened up an orthodontist office on 8th Avenue next door to Hattie B's. If you are ever close by, stop in for a visit. His office has been beautifully renovated. Businesses like this are coming in and giving the area a lot of pizzazz and style. Reed mentioned ML Rose and the Smiling Elephant as neighborhood staples. He also said he is looking forward to being able to get his groceries after work at the new Publix. Another big change that is going to happen is the soccer stadium that is being built. While Reed specializes in residential, he noted the soccer stadium is the tidal wave in the commercial market right now. Sarah and Connor both mentioned wanting to see more traditional retail outside of just restaurants. They also would like to see more sidewalks to make the district more walkable. Paul gave some resident insight using the example of St. Patrick's Day and how dangerous the lack of infrastructure made intoxicated people crossing the street to bar hop. He compared 8th Avenue to Gallatin Pike. He noted that on Sundays, police officers help churchgoers at the church at Avenue South Cross, which is a perfect example of why something needs to change. Ideally, Paul would like to see some pedestrian bridges. The final question I asked was in regards to Melrose as a transitioning neighborhood. The district is eclectic and still developing its identity, as compared to the more established nearby 12th South, Edge Hill Village, Belmont, and Hillsborough Village neighborhoods. I asked the interviewees what type of brand identity they hope Melrose will develop. 
I also ask people what they want others to think of when they think of 8th Avenue. Colby said that he hopes Melrose becomes the place people first think of when they need something, whether that's groceries, computer repair, or antiques, the everyday needs corridor. When asked about the neighborhood's identity, Derek said, intentional, not hip. Substance over the latest, greatest thing. Something that will be here and make sense in 10 to 20 years. I want people to think of 8th Avenue. I love all of those places. I can go there, get easy free parking, hang out, walk to a few cool places all in one afternoon or evening. Chip hopes that the neighborhood will remain a local go-to free from tourists. Kyle says, It is continuing to become the new place to be, and I would like it to become more of an extension of 12th South, but on a larger scale with more commercial and retail office shopping options and more nightlife for new tenants. Reed said he thinks that this area has a lot of different identities that it is advertising. It has a mixture of people that have been in the area for 60 years. It has the people that have moved into Nashville from out of town and several young professionals from the surrounding area. Melrose has beautiful upper-class condos, new and renovated stylish homes, as well as delicious restaurants and small businesses. He says his hope for the district is that it is a neighborhood that represents the best of Nashville. Both the beauty and infusion that newness brings, along with a respect and appreciation for the historical flavors of the area and city at large. Both Connor and Sarah talked about the neighborhood becoming more like 12th South. They both wish 8th was more walkable like 12th. That being said, Connor does think the neighborhood has the potential to have a distinct identity that is more young and vibrant than 12th South. Paul follows the sentiment of standing out from 12th when he says, We're not 12th South and we're not trying to be. Sure, we have a couple nice fancy places, but they have parking lots. We don't have much for sidewalks yet, and we have groom guitars and some odd shops. It's more in the spirit of South Nashville. We have the Dollar General and the Comedy Club and Bolton's. But I'll say this, when the Little Caesars goes, I go. Thanks, Paul, for your humor. Conducting interviews with those who interact with 8th Avenue every day was a great learning experience for me. While it confirmed many things I thought, it also taught me some new things. While people seem to be content with the community and the neighborhood, the street still seems to lack a strong sense of identity, even when it comes to its name. Some people call it Berry Hill, some call it Melrose, some call it 8th South, and some call it a hybrid of all three. Most people seem to choose the area because of its proximity to other neighborhoods and accessibility via a main thoroughfare. And while people seem to appreciate the diversity in businesses, having a Kroger, Sonic, and craft beer taproom within a stone's throw of each other, it does not feel people chose the neighborhood for any distinct identity. It seems to be an overall consensus that 8th Avenue needs more sidewalks and crosswalks in order to make it safer for pedestrians. Hopefully, Barry Hill will win the grant to make this happen. Please reach out to share your experiences with us by emailing newinnashvillepodcast at gmail.com. You can also sign up for our mailing list and access our social media at www.newinnashvillepodcast.com. 
If you enjoyed the show, please review and subscribe on iTunes and refer our podcast to a friend today. Thank you to Jared Anderson of Evergreen Productions for producing and engineering our podcast. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time. The music in this episode is provided by Carrie Ann Larson. She is a singer-songwriter who strives to write songs that people hear their own stories in. You can find her music, including her latest single, Fairweather Friend, on all digital platforms. <laughs>